Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor. Today is Monday, October 12th, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you've had a great, great weekend. For those of you all that are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and make sure that you share it as well. To those of you all that are returning my dream team, thank you for your continued support. The podcast would not be possible without you all and your subscription and your shares and your love and just spreading the good news of the Between the Dream podcast. I am so excited about today's conversation. As you know, we are talking about discipline within the fourth quarter, and there are so many conversation and points that we can take from this. Today's conversation will be no different. Um, this is going to be a little interesting, though. So I have somebody on the podcast today that I not only consider a friend, but a, a sister, um, literally looks out for me, advocates so much love, and not just for me, but for people in general. Like you meet people that you know have a great heart for individuals. And I think sometimes it takes relationships to grow to see it, but then sometimes you have people that you just see it right away and this, I don't, I mean, she's a queen. This young lady, this queen, this powerhouse, um, you talk about just the embodiment of, of, of strength and of love and nurturing spirit. Um, she is um, a phenomenal professional. I'm gonna let her get into her own bio, but like I said, she's a game changer and she's a world changer. So I got my good friend, my sister, Kevon Henry, joining us on the podcast today. Kevon! Ah, you know how to sweet talk the ladies! <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yes, that's me, Kevon Henry, uh, currently right now residing in Rochester, New York. Um, but I am originally from the Boogie Down Bronx, mm -hmm. uh, but I came here to go to college, to attend the University of Rochester in yeah. 2005, and I have not left. Uh, what do <laughs> yeah. I do right now? I am currently uh, the assistant director for pre-college programs with the David T. Kern Center at the University of Rochester, yeah. uh, where I get to lead a team of amazing advisors who mm -hmm. operate my Upward Bound, Upward Bound Math Science, and Talent Search programs. I'm also a proud, proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Come on, um, come on. I am now a member <laughs> of the Rochester Alumni Chapter, um, where I also serve as the primary advisor for the Pi Beta <laughs> chapter, uh, which is the collegiate chapter in Rochester. So, you know, I dibble and dabble in a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you know how to sweet talk people. <laughs> you know, I'll I be, I be, I be doing my job half right sometimes. Shout out to the, the, the beautiful sisters of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Of course, of course, of so, course. one of our good friends who joins us on the podcast pretty frequently, therapist Trish out of um, Michigan is also a member of Delta Sigma Theta. Um, and I'm excited because she hit me up the other day and was like, hey, how would you feel about sitting on a quick panel with me as I do some mental health work and with some Deltas um, across the country? I said, let me find out. I got the love. With yeah. the Deltas, yeah. And I got a few family members that are Deltas. I got a few family. So I got, I got a lot of love for my, you know, for my sisters at Delta Sigma Theta. Um, and so that is exciting. Um, you know, I, I love it. I am so excited. I'm trying to pull up this piece here that I really wanted to get us kicked off with. And somehow it left us. But as I'm looking for this, I am going to... Um, 
just kind of give you all an idea. So normally what I do when I bring people on um, into the podcast is I have these conversation points about uh, like from a book of mine, maybe a quote from a chapter or something like that. And that's what just left my computer screen here a second ago. Um, but with that being the case, today was actually going to come from one of the chapters that I had. And I talked about this concept of healing. And so I found it, here we go. So this comes from chapter one of my fifth book, The Other Side, Freedom from Depression and Suicide. And I, in here, I said, it wasn't until I wrote my second book, Between the Dream, that my perspective, sorry, wrong chapter. It wasn't until I wrote um, my third book, Love Between My Scars, that the conversation of healing became real to me. And I am so excited to have you here because the reality is, is that as I talk about healing and, and how that process of healing and reconstruction looked like for me, um, you were important for today's conversation and for our listeners um, tuning in. Kivan is a person that I look up to when it comes to just being a nurturing individual, um, but a person that really does a lot of work on healing. And I want to dedicate today's conversation to those of you all who deal with secondary trauma um, or um, what we would call, jeez, um, uh, 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 I can't even think of the term right now. Um, but essentially taking on the trauma of other people, right? And so Kivon has done a, a, a lot of this and I'm gonna share this story. She does not know it. And I am going to bring her uh -oh. into the fold with this. But um, I was speaking at the University of Rochester last year. So we did a three day stint um, uh, Saturday with high school students. Sunday with uh, postgraduate students, and then Monday with the students from the campus. And in the final speech, which I mean, it was it was a tense night, you guys. Like I'm talking, we laughed a lot, we cried a lot, we did a lot of stuff in a in lot, the hour a and lot, a half a that we had. It was and it was so rich and so good. I'm killing the speech, doing my thing. Like all of the stuff I was nervous about before is like slowly shedding away. And we get to a point of conversation and we got people asking questions and so much is going on. And I look up in the back as I am speaking and I see Kevon literally hugging a boo-hooing student yes. in that moment and didn't know her, didn't know her from Adam. <laughs> Not but literally loved on her. And it was in that moment that I saw like the nurturing nature and the gift of healing that you carry. And I've never shared this with you before, but it hit me so hard. And I was already full of emotion, obviously, from everything going on. And I just wanted to burst out in tears because it was such a powerful moment. Like, you, you selflessly gave of yourself to be there for somebody that you did not know. And that is one of the biggest things that I push. And that is one of the biggest things that I love about you is that you carry that and people need that. And that is what our conversation is gonna be around today, post-secondary trauma um, or you know the, the trauma that we end up having um, when it comes to just um, the, the individuals that we, we work with, that we talk to people that we oversee, family members, all of these are so important in this conversation. So Kivan, 
I want to just kind of talk to you today um, more from a conversation standpoint about this. Um, what I guess the first question that I want to ask is like for you, because I know that it might be different for some. Um, it, it, was it something that you always had when it came to like just this nurturing spirit and gift or what, like, what did it, like, how did it come about? So it's funny that you bring that story up because I was thinking about that young lady the other day. Um, and I can't remember <laughs> her name. I saved her number, but as you can imagine, I ha I'm going to have to go back through my text messages. But <laughs> I don't know when that started and even standing right there in that room as I was listening to you I don't know where that came from that was the sound tech right she uh -huh. was there she was mm -hmm. paid to be there the one thing I remember her saying was I wish my supervisor would have told me that this is what the event was going to be and mm -hmm. I looked at her and I was like well you know what you were supposed to be here tonight um, and then I looked over again and she was crying and I was like, how can I just stand next to this girl as she's tearing up and not show her some affection? Mm -hmm. And so I just reached my arm around her, you know, to give her one of them little sideway hugs, mm -hmm. but she fully embraced me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, let's do this. And I, <laughs> no, I, I pulled her in and then for the rest of the talk, my hand was on her back. Love rubbing it. her like consoling her and it was clear that your message what it it, it, it was hitting her differently mm -hmm. um we because you heard what he said it's time to do the work i don't know we don't mm -hmm. know why you were here i don't need you to share uh but i'm here if you need me and i've always been that type of person right mm -hmm. never one to to share and open up per se but am always open to receive others, whether yeah. that your joy, your your pain. And I don't know where that came from. You know, I feel like sometimes your purpose is there and you're not really sure what it is, but yeah. I've never been one to stand in my own way. So if <clears throat> I'm to receive this person and this spirit, I'm going to do that. And sometimes that it, it stays with me, right? And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still yeah. learning about ways to shake that off, but um because I, I believe in transfer of energies right mm -hmm. um but no that moment was big and i think it's crazy that you saw that because i'm like you're in your own element how could you even witness all of the power that you had in that room right all of the power that you had in that room uh, so that was one incident i'm sure if you looked around many others were oh yeah were I, 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 awesome. so it's funny because i catch it all i catch it all and and it's weird um I don't try to. Um, I, I jokingly, I jokingly say that I have ADHD um, because, like, I can literally be in so many areas at once. Like, I like I know my friends hate it when we're sitting down doing one on ones. Like, definitely when I, we're out. Like when we're out, like they'll be like, like we're talking. I hear the whole thing, but like I'm always paying attention to like who's walking in the door, who's walking beside. Like you would have thought I was in the military at some point. Like just attention to detail with stuff like that. Not but I, I love it though because um it does I, I don't know i just maybe it's a discernment piece too like just being able to really feel out because i think for me like my idea is to empty it all out when i'm in that space like if you're if you're gonna be there like what do i mean kind of like you right. said we doing this right when she right. you you went for the side church hug she gave you the full-on embrace yeah. And, yeah and you and you went straight for it. and that's the idea like when i'm speaking and when i'm putting this out there it's like yo like 
I might not, I might not get this chance again with this group and I don't know who needs what in here and, and we need to go for it. And so, yeah, that moment really stuck out to me because like I said, I got a chance to see firsthand, like, wow, like you are a pillar to so many already. Like I got a chance to see that part as we spent the first half of the weekend together in the office with the high school students and seeing how they were coming to you there. But then in this side to really see you just kind of share and spread that on a broader spectrum, that was so powerful and so important. So I'm really happy to know that. Um, Now the crazy part is that even with all of that being said, you're still a human you still have your own stuff, your day-to-day process, all of that. How are you finding yourself definitely during a time like COVID to where you're able to um, really, as helping other people is important, um, taking care of yourself, whether that comes through the form of self-care or maybe you've had some tragic moments and you need to heal. Like, what does that look like for you? I mean, depending on the day, the month, it's, it's, I don't know what it looks like, to be honest. Um, I know when the lockdown or the shelter in place first happened in March, I was nervous because I I need interactions with people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately enough for me, my partner and my little sister are here. So okay. we were able to just make a little love nest right within our quarantine um, uh, central. Uh, but definitely, I think over the course of the the pandemic, I've, I've had to find things to pour my love into. So um, I think very much of Solange and Cranes in the Sky, because that's really, that's really how I make it work, right? She yeah. sexed it away. She smoked it away. She shopped it away. She slept it away. Mm-hmm. I have to give my all to something. And really, that has been my team and my mm-hmm. students um, and my plants and the, this new little zoo that I've created. <laughs> you, you, you on the plant team? Yeah, no, but I've always had like little plants, but you know, I've collected more. I have yeah, my, my wife has become a plant lady during COVID, okay? <laughs> yeah, you, need, you need to see that you're able to control something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can't control anything outside, That's but good, at least yeah. I know if I give a little sun and some water to this little uh, philodendron, it's going to grow. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's it, right? With the work, like really knowing that I am fortunate enough to have a safe home. How can I provide safety to my students without actually pulling them from their home and being there for them? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, but I don't know if I'm okay, right? Because I realize I'm not eating always. I'm not sleeping always, or um, I'm I'm too busy with everything else except myself. And sometimes- It takes for the people in my house to stop me or my staff to stop me and say, yo, when have you taken a break? And I appreciate those people. And I surround myself um, with those people who are also checking for me when I'm not able to check for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you ask me today, I'm fine. I'm doing well. You know, I asked you if we were going to be on video because I'm not looking how I feel, (laughs) but it's okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But no, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm all right. I think I'm doing okay. And I think that I'm keeping pace the way that I need to. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think, you know, it's like you said, it's an ebb and flow, right? Like I think sometimes we, 
just because you live on the side of healing, to those of you all who are listening in, just because you li live on the side of healing, it doesn't mean that every day is going to look the same in your healing. Right. You know what I mean? Like you could be doing well, but still have crappy days. You could be doing well and still have moments. And so I think that's important to put out. And I'm glad that you stated that, Yvonne, because I think sometimes we miss that um, and we don't give enough credence to the fact that, hey, that's normal. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're falling off. It just means that you're aware you know, of those moments and times and you're not ignoring them. So thank you for putting that out there and sharing that. Um, I think that uh, you you carry, it's, it's funny. Now, I, I, I gas Kivon up on the side <laughs> of being like this nurturing person, right? But y'all got to remember, my sister is from New York. So she's from the Bronx, yes. too. No and so it's, no it's, funny. it's funny because as, as loving as she is, I feel like she would definitely be the first person to ride up and, 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 and be about that life if she needed to. Oh, yes, I stand tall. Friends. I stand tall. Hey, <laughs> ten toes down, baby. She's still in I the trip. I stand tall. Even but though no. I'm five foot one, I stand yeah. tall for my people. You know, that's it. And, and you, you know, you carry so much strength in, in the, in, in, and whatnot um, within that space. And I love that. Um, I want to get back into the healing piece real, real quick for you. Um, what I guess the, what I want to ask is um, what do you do personally that maybe somebody hasn't thought of or maybe they have and just haven't put it into action? What do you do personally that helps you in those moments of being able to you know, heal um, in that time of self-care. I'm always encouraging people when we talk about like vicarious trauma or secondary trauma to um, find the muses that work for them, right? And so, you know, sometimes like for me, it could be as simple as going on a drive, looking at homes, or it could be getting out and exercising, getting physical activity. And like, what does that look like for you as somebody who has to, you know, do it for other people, like, but making sure that you come in and do it for yourself as well? Um, and you know, again, I'm gonna be honest because again, depending on the day, it looks different. I think, um, what I've tried to do most recently is I've noticed that my body is also not really appreciating the lack of movement that we're mm. getting as we work mm -hmm. from home. So I've tried to take little walks, little power nice. walks in between, um, meetings. I try to, um, definitely big on finding new shows that have absolutely nothing to do with my day-to-day -day, right <laughs> um that's for real and then, you know like a little Wentworth where I'm watching women in prison in Australia like absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing um but also spending time and and being and building my relationships with my um, family members and friends, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. checking in on people. Um, uh, me and my mom, we, we haven't talked as much all the time, but every day we're on the phone chatting. Um, me again, me and my sister and my partner, we try to sit down together at the end of each day. And I, they're like, you love an activity, Kimon. You always want to do an activity. <laughs> yeah, I want to do an activity. What's one thing you did for somebody else today? And maybe one thing that somebody else did for you, and it could be mm -hmm. anybody, right? Yeah, um, no yeah, matter yeah. how small, how big. So we just really try to reflect um, and share and talk and just be. But I mean, that and also trying a lot of new recipes. I, I don't there eat meat anymore. I don't oh, eat really? meat anymore. Okay. No, um, it's been over a year. So really having to get creative about what I'm consuming. Nice. So 
chickpeas is like a staple in my house. Love it, love it. <laughs> um, zucchini, you know, so really. Um, oh, you've been making oh, the zoodles? No, I sure do. You got the I, the zoodle I, drink, yeah. I sure do, but no. <laughs> Really, that's really it. Um, and being open to, to trying new things. So if somebody's like, yo, you want to watch this, you want to do this, sure, why not? Um, I don't know. But I, I also, yeah. again, I feel like I could be doing a lot better in this area, for sure, because I'm always asking and checking for others and yeah. not at the same rate as I do for myself. Well, and that's the beauty of it, though. I think, you know, the fact that you notice it and you recognize it, I think that's where, honestly, that's where the true healing comes from, right? Exactly. Acknowledgement, it, it, it comes from those moments where we can say, like, yeah, I need to be better about this for me. That acknowledgement acknowledge piece is so important. And so um, with that being said, I'm glad that you, you know, you recognize that and you, um, you, you do what you can in those moments to make sure that... Um, that you are being intentional for yourself, right? Um, and I'm so- gonna ask, I'm gonna add one thing though. Another Go thing um, is I've definitely been crying a lot more lately. Hey, too. that's real. Uh, you, you know, like, because I've just felt so full and the only way to just get that out is like a good cry. Yeah. But the problem is I can't control when it happens. Mm. And that's the piece I don't like. You know, like mm -hmm. one day I was about to have a one-on-one -on -one with my staff member and I just became so overwhelmed. I had like five minutes and I just started crying and I don't know where it came from. I, I, I couldn't stop it. And that's the scary piece, right? It's like, what mm -hmm. is being pushed down so much that it's now runneth over when you can't control it? Mm -hmm. um, but after every cry, I feel good, though. I know that. That's, yeah. And, you know, one of the things I, I always try and encourage, you know, groups that I'm talking to to do is to, yo, like, crying is okay. It is totally, like, it is such a form of release, you know? Like, we got to let that pain out. I, uh, I, I spoke to uh, students last night from uh, Kent State University, and that was one of the things that I talked to them about because somebody had asked a question about, you know, overcoming like you know suicidal thoughts and then overcoming like depression and pain and I, I talked about like the power behind those tears like when you need to shed them and that's I mean to your point you're absolutely right like there is no control of what it's going to look like when it comes out right you just oh, feel it coming wow. you're like all right I feel the tears I'm crying like and so that's a real thing but in that though I love what you stated about um the fact that you are not running away from it even though you can't control like when it happens or maybe sometimes to the extent how deep right. it is when it happens like that's not the case for many people you know we 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 have this fight or flight response that says this is not the time for this i need to man up i need to woman up i need to uh i need to strap my boots up and, and keep pushing and right. the more that we do that we don't realize that we're actually repressing and, and pushing this thing down and at some point it's going to come out Absolutely. right and so i was listening i forgot what the conversation was but i was talking to somebody and they essentially it might have been therapist trish they were talking about this idea of hurting twice when it comes to pain um but they were essentially saying like you know you could find yourself in a position to where that those tears and that release can be the opportunity that you need to let something go in that moment. But if you don't, you will hurt now because of what you're trying to push down. And then you're going to hurt again later on when that thing shows itself and you got to deal with it again. But this time deal with it for real. And right. so 
I'm glad that you, you, you mentioned that. I want to switch gears, and it's really not switching gears more than it is just kind of diving deeper into that conversation. So when I did this whole thing on um, the 31 Days of Power, where I talked about being able to uh, acknowledge yourself as a person who works in the field of healing and working with other people, and um, there are a few symptoms, symptoms excuse me, that normally come up, like trouble concentrating. Um, sometimes you feel helpless and, and you feel powerless, right? Um, henceforth, the plants and being able to have something to control and, and do. Yeah, that's important. Survivor guilt. You work with students in, in, in Rochester, just like any other area in the world, but definitely in our country, you know, we have our fair share of, of issues around. Like, I'm from Chicago originally. People know us for violence, but... Needless to say, I think that stuff like that is is heightened or the microscope becomes, the lens of it becomes a lot more engaging when you're talking about working with students from different parts of the city, right? And so they deal with death. They lose family members and friends. They might be witnesses to violence. And in those moments, you have this one thing that we call survivor guilt. And as an individual who helps so many other people, I'm not sure, but I just want to ask, is this something that you've experienced? And if so, how do you work your way through it? Oh my gosh. We talk about timing, right? And so <laughs> when you asked me to do the podcast, I was like, what are we going to talk about? And it's crazy <laughs> that you asked me this question. So a couple of weeks ago, Rochester was home to a mass shooting. Um, mm. And 17 people got shot and two mm. people, two, two young people died. Wow. Um, one of whom is a former student in my talent search program. Wow. So and uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I think um, survivor's guilt, because of how connected I am to the work, um, it manifests its ways, it, itself in so many ways. So I wasn't at that event where the shooting happened, mm -hmm. um, but several of my students were. Wow. And so because of our connection to that young lady that was murdered, I immediately began reaching out to some of my alumni who I knew um, could have been connected to her. So either they were, uh, they went to that high school, they were on that cheerleading team, they were in that teaching and learning program that she was in, and so many of them were affected. Um, and some of them were actually there. And so one student recalls being thrown over a fence. Another recalls being trampled. And so it was important for me to try to connect them to services mm -hmm. or to people uh, so that they could do the work, right? Because I knew what was coming. Um, but I didn't knew that it was going to affect me so much until we hosted a grief circle. Okay. Uh, and... Um, I'm there, right? Obviously, I can't share everybody who was there, but the different types of people that were there was telling. Um, we had a student who was a responder that night mm -hmm. to the event. We had a student, one of my alum, who actually was present, right? And then we had other people who felt like they needed to be present. But mm -hmm. then the grief circle became about me. And I was like, why am I at the center of the circle? And it's because I could not control my emotion. And what was coming up for me was one of my own personal experiences from when I was young. And some of my friends and I went out to a club and this guy started shooting up inside the club. Oh, wow. And so I immediately was brought back to that moment in that circle. Um, and I remembered why I was so emotive and it was because I had survived and other people didn't. And wow. so as I'm looking at my alum who was present, 
that's all she kept talking about was how somebody who got shot was literally standing like two feet away from her, but she mm-hmm. did it and she could not understand why. Um, and it wasn't, that circle has kept me so full because I've started to realize how much I've been pushing and pushing down because this is the second student, not the first, the second student since I've been working here that has been murdered. And then you would, of course, as a person who is from Chicago, AKA Chirac, right? All the things we hate to claim, this is our reality. And so every weekend since that mass shooting, there has been another shooting and a young person has lost their life. And so what else are we supposed to do, right? And every day it's like, is that one of our students? (laughs) Mm -hmm, Is that somebody mm -hmm. I knew? And so I can't help but feel hopeless, helpless, but know that I need to keep pushing because in the event that it is one of our students, who do I need to become for that family? Who do I need to become? Right. For those other students, who do I need to become for my team? Who do I need to become for me? And it's hard. It's hard. And I find that I'm still, although I was not close to that young lady, right. I worked with her a handful of times. I'm still grieving the loss and what happened and knowing that there are so many other students who that could likely be their fate. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that could likely be the fate of somebody that is close to them or to me. And it's something that we can't control. Um, I deal with this every day, Richard, every day, every day. When you hear something on the news, is that one of ours, right? Um, And so I find that I have to continue to pour into the work because hopefully it'll save the life of another, right? Mm -hmm. By giving them a way to escape their own hometown or their own city and trying to find, right? And it's unfortunate because you want them to have pride in where they come from, but -hmm. you also know some of you don't need to be here anymore. (laughs) And so how do I play my role and help you out of um, unforeseen circumstances right yeah 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 that's so good thank you for sharing that um i don't i don't take experiences like that lightly um so thank you for you know just brave space in it and and safe space in it here with that that's that's incredible but it kind of leads me into um another portion of this whole idea of uh vicarious trauma and in you definitely i mean for anybody who might be wondering like what exactly is vicarious trauma like that in a, it's it in a nutshell right there like you were literally taking on and you have so many feelings um from your own personal experiences but i mean they're being triggered and kind of hit and and touched by you having to now help somebody else through something similar or or what the, whatever the case might be there right uh, one of the things that I talked about in being able to manage this vicarious trauma is we have got to learn to monitor our intake. And so you mentioned the news piece. You mentioned hearing things. And then after you hear them, it's kind of like, all right, well, is it one of ours? Is it this? Is it that? And the reason why that monitoring your intake is so important is because if we're not careful, what it does is that it will um, alter in a heartbeat the level of your compassion, fatigue, exhaustion, and or burnout. Talk to me about any one of those three, because I know you can speak to any area. As somebody who, who, who does help on the healing side, I'm pretty sure it takes a toll, though. Absolutely. And 
I think compassion fatigue is it, you know? Uh, but I didn't think about it as monitoring my intake. I think you only think about that when you think about dietary things, right? And, yeah. what you <laughs> and you know, you want to lose a few pounds and they like, sis, well, you got to monitor your intake. Um, but no, I, I've definitely, uh, I've had to like, I've had to reset often. Um, and what, what that looks like for me is literally disconnecting from even the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, because sometimes you can't even deal with the family stress. Like, mom, I don't mm -hmm. want to hear what dad is doing right now. Like, don't call me with the foolishness because I can't take any more. Um, but it's unfair because the amount of that I am taking in from the job, mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. it leaves no space for the personal. Yeah. And so I have to disconnect. And so I am strict about my end time for the day. And although I lead a team, my phone is always on in case there is an emergency. Gotcha. But you know, when you go looking for stuff, you find it. So I'm not digging through the news articles. I'm yeah, not searching real. for the news. <laughs> like, I literally have to shut everything off. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. news, no social media, no emails. Don't call me. My phone is on do not disturb. I need to reset because I can't take in anymore. Um, I think the problem is though, is that I don't know when I'm fatigued. I don't know when I'm, 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 I'm at that point until it is brought to my attention by the people that live with me. And they're like, yo, you came at me a little crazy yesterday. Mm. I gave you some space, but now it's time to check you. And you, that's, we're not work. Yeah. You can't take that out on us. I'm sorry that that's your good. students are this and this is happening and this is happening. But we, that's not our fault. That's not our doing. How can we help you with this without mm -hmm. actually helping you with this? And so I realized I have to compartmentalize. So I have to literally work is work, stress is stress, and then find time for the personal work and the personal stress. And, um, figure it out from there but I think what makes me nervous is that I don't know when I'm towing the line of mm -hmm. complete compassion fatigue until like I said it starts to overflow so that grief circle mm -hmm. that's where it happened like I literally like turned my mic off and the the moderator was like Kevon uh we noticed that you 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 just went blank what's going on right now and then I just immediately the wow. the nonstop emotion like the the release the water just kept pouring and That's pouring crazy. and pouring and they were like yo you you're tired you're tired facts That's so real. it's it's real I think when you do this type of work the same could mm -hmm. be said for you you travel you speak to all different types of people something is always going to stay with you you know yeah. what I oh, mean. Yeah. And how do you how do you let that go so that you could be on to the next thing and be for that next person what you need to be for them without taking some of that baggage? Mm -hmm. I don't know, y'all. I love what you said there, though, um, and I think that that's so dope. One of the the takeaway points that I remember giving um, in that conversation of the vicarious trauma was I think I said something to the degree of like embracing opportunities to be renewed. Mm. You know, and so kind of like to your point about resetting early and often, right? Like we have to be able to do that. 
And it's funny because as much as I consider you a superhero in my eyes, I'm like, the reality is, is that every superhero has a flaw, right? And, and yes. you are honest yes. in admitting yours, which is the fact that it usually takes somebody else to tell you, right? So this idea of maybe lack of awareness, because that's what we do as superheroes, as, yes. you know, as the, the gap bridger for people as the advocate this is what happens many times our weakness is the fact that we lack awareness it's not that we 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 um we lack the willingness to 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 take care of ourselves it's just the fact that yo most of the time somebody else has to let us know your tone sounds different your face says it all whatever it might be is something there like girl put that eyebrow down yeah. i'm like what do you mean put my eyebrow down what's going on with my eyebrow it's firm yeah and why are you looking at me like that that <laughs> okay, is too know. funny yo so as we get ready to wrap i want to um i want to ask you this because I, I know like for me I do it through this idea of um i seek out wise counsel but what do you do when it comes to um, taking time to be poured back into. Because, right, like, it's one thing to notice and be aware that you're burning out, but it's another thing to say, like, hey, I either need to sit under maybe the leadership of somebody. Um, some folks listen to sermons. Some people do podcasts. Some people are reading. Like, what is your filler or, or, or what is that, like, maybe wise counsel or, I guess, um, pouring into? What does that look like for you? Everybody has, everybody has those people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know who I can talk to and now I'm going to start calling your phone because <laughs> there are always people in your corner who will gas you up. Yep. Yep. And rightfully so. They will remind you of how awesome you are. They will remind mm -hmm. you of how you are doing great things. You are on the brink of this. You are bound for this. And so those are the people that I start talking to when I feel like I don't even know what to do next. Mm -hmm. I'll call up my colleague, my friend Liz, right? Liz, who yeah, Liz. That bread, right? Because she will remind me, Kevon, you were meant to be this person, but let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you're like, oh yeah, okay, all right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, again, my sister and my partner, right? They they are now in every single meeting at work. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like after I come out of a meeting and I know I was hot. I'm, I'm turning the corner and somebody's going to grab my hand and say, yo, you good? Sit for a bit. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. What, what just happened to you? My mother. Oh, I call my mother all the time when I want to get cussed <laughs> out. But when I also want to be reminded of why I am the way I am, mm -hmm, <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. her child. That's facts. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely, um, I'll, <laughs> I'll pray about it. Um, I, music is my everything. A good therapy so I will music. go back to those. Yeah, I'll go back. I have a bunch of playlists, one called Praise and Worship. Mm -hmm. When I need Tasha Cobbs yeah. and Kirk Franklin, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Fred Hammond, when I need them to remind me of why God is always looking out for me. Yeah. Um, and I definitely journal a lot. So maybe it's not somebody pouring into me, but when I know I've had too much, I put it on paper and I leave it there so that it frees up space for something else. That's good. Um, That's good. But no, I call the people that I know are going to gas me up. They're going to say, girl, you're cute. You is kind. You is smart. You is smart. You is smart. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, 
oh, hey, you are funny. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. No, I, I, I surround myself by those people. Like, that's good. The haters are gone. They are clipped. That is so good. No, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Like I said, because I they think a lot of people are clipped from my circle. That. I keep those people, people who I know that. love me. That's it. And they gotta tell and me the truth. So that's it. You know, and and I think we've gotta. We got to be okay with that. Like, not everybody is going to go with you in every season, and you need to be mindful of, of, of who maybe you're venting to during those times, you know, who's listening, who's that safe space. And so I love that, and I think that that's great. Um, Kevon, let's do this real quick. Before we go, um, I'm going to do some, uh, some rapid fire, and we're going to get out of here. And uh, this is this is brought to you by um, the uh, the the versus battle with Beanie Man, and um, uh, I, I saw you. I, I saw you. She was so look. Y'all got to understand. So 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 Kevon Kevon is from the islands. What are you uh, Jamaican? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up. Yep, yep. And, and I knew that the verse, you know, they've been doing these versus battles with all these different folks. I knew that this versus battle was important to Kivon because this is the first time I ever heard her speak Patois. And I was like, you better do that. I said, no, Come that on. was for the culture. That was for the culture, yo. Yeah, we need you know. Look, Jamaica's one of my favorite spots, right? And I love Patois. Like, I can't speak it for the life of me. I can literally do the Wagwan. You know, I can give you a little that. But other than that, you know, I suck. So I got excited when I heard your excitement. No, so let's do this real quick rapid fire. Um, you mentioned music being a big therapy piece for you. Favorite artist? Oh, my gosh. I don't have any favorites, but shout out to Queen B. Shout okay. out to Queen B. How can I say anybody but Beyonce right now? What you got? <laughs> All right. Favorite song you listening to right now? Oh, I'm definitely banging out that Janae Aiko album. Okay. Uh, Chilombo. Chilombo. Uh, yes, okay. yes. So I would say BS is probably at the top of the playlist right now. Got you. The about. You got to go press play. <laughs> <laughs> go press play. That's facts. You mentioned, you mentioned watching stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with nothing. What are you binge watching right now? Um, Queen of the South, Blacklist, Wentworth, Grey's <laughs> you Anatomy. You got a slew of them. I have a lot. No, I'm gonna tell you this honest to God truth. In my next life, I may be a drug kingpin. I love those <laughs> shows. I love, <laughs> I love no. all, everything about those shows. I think not the detective that figures out no, the case. The, no, the queen. No, no. Something so opposite from what I'm doing right now. Uh, running, still running things, love but not it. the way that they want me to. No, that's what I'm watching. I like to I jump love. between shows. I like to jump between shows. Got you. And I right, hear last question. Here we go. What, because you are finding recipes with your lifestyle and diet change, um, what is your favorite go-to food now? Um, Ooh. Whether it be a uh, snack, sweet, or maybe savory meal. So I love, I have a recipe for a chickpea tagine. Okay. So it's like, I think it's a Middle Eastern or African dish. And it's literally chickpeas, zucchini. I told you I was eating those things earlier. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love, I'm a, I'm a dessert girl. So I love, now that it's fall, pumpkin and apple anything. Yeah. Eating an apple fritter just this morning. I love uh, it. I have a little pumpkin muffin later. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, um, I t 
chickpeas, chickpea everything, chickpea everything. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can do so much with it. And then I just want to wash it down with something sweet, you know, but not a go. sweet brick, a sweet cake. There you go. I love it. I love it. Kivon, thank you so much for joining us today. This will not be the last time that you hear from Kivon. She's going to come back as a regular. We're going to have conversations around so many different things. Thank you for having me. And we could talk anything, you know, like the Lakers about to take the chip tonight. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, know, I wanted Miami to win a little bit more, but we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, before we get off of here, do me a favor. Let people know where they can find you and follow you on social media, maybe LinkedIn, all of that. Um, Folks that want to stay connected, maybe you're listening to this podcast episode, you want to ask questions um, and and reach out. You know, I know you're I know you're available and I know you're you're so dope. I think you are are definitely a, a gem and a blessing that people need to have in their lives. So where can they follow you and find you? Yes, you can find me on Facebook at Kiv Ariane, K-Y-V-A-R-I-A-N-N. I had to change up my name so my students can't find me. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Kivon Henry, K-Y-V-A-U-G-H-N, last name Henry. If you find me on Instagram, and that's if, maybe I'll accept your friend request. Please send me a DM, though. Um, but no, I'm, I'm open to all the things. Um, my name is unique, so I doubt that anybody else has those handles. But catch me on the next episode, and I'll be able to share my Twitter handle as well. I'm just trying to feel y'all out right now, though. Hold on. Hold there on. you go. Love it. Love it. Well, look, thank you once again so much. Um, to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, your healing is so important, being able to um, dive into it. Definitely for those of you all that are doing work that usually focuses around helping other people, you've got to take time for yourself. You've got to be able to acknowledge and become aware. Let's practice that as we go throughout this week and as we go throughout this fourth quarter, because this is a part of that discipline, being able to heal in these moments. As always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream. Uh, make sure you go to richtaylorjr.com. You'll find all of my info there, apparel, podcasts, um, and books. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Peace.